Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Actor, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Chris Kerber uh, joining us coming up here on the program, a program that solicits your involvement, 314-399-9646. I always enjoy reading Jeremy Rutherford, and I want to set the stage for our conversation with Chris Kerber here uh, by reading the opening couple of paragraphs from Jeremy Rutherford's column that he just posted this morning. The facts are right in front of me. When there is an emotional decision to be made with the roster, as with David Perron last summer, Blues GM Doug Armstrong has shown zero emotion. In 2016, there was letting then-Captain David Backus become a free agent because Armstrong wasn't willing to give him a five-year contract. In 2020, there was letting then-Captain Alex Petrangelo walk over a no-movement clause, among other difference. But that was business right. I know it was business with Perron, too. But at 34, he wasn't going to cost as much as Backus and Petrangelo did when they walked and would be likely be less than what the market was suggested to stay in St. Louis. We all know the story. Perron was drafted by the Blues in 2007, re-signed with them after being traded to Edmonton, and then re-signed again after being exposed in the Vegas expansion draft, a decision that culminated in a Stanley Cup in 2019. He wanted to finish his career in front of the fans that adopted him 15 years earlier, and even if you throw out the emotion, the Blues were trying to extend their championship window and re-signing a player who was producing as much as he had at any point in his career seemed like a no-brainer. Right? I thought so. And I was wrong. Those are the words of Jeremy Rutherford. You can read the rest of it at theathletic.com. Joining us right now to talk about the homecoming tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the great Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Jim, how are you today? I am wonderful, sir. I always look forward to our conversations. You heard uh, what I was reading from Jeremy Rutherford this morning. What were you thinking during the summer last year leading into uh, the Perron moment where the Blues decided not to pursue him and he wound up signing with the Red Wings? Were you thinking he was going to come back? I thought him coming back was an absolute no-brainer at the time. Uh, I didn't envision a scenario of him not coming back unless his ask from term or average value was insane, and I don't believe it was. Right. Uh, and in the end, uh, I was I was shocked. Uh, I, I really was because this is one of those this was one of those situations where uh, the player wanted to be here. He's still a good player. He was averaging a point a game. You know, no, and, uh, and 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 was such an important player, I think, from a culture standpoint for this team. So, yeah, I was stunned. Uh, and, and I talked to David a few weeks after, you know, this all went down, and he was still emotional and fired up about it. This is, this is where he wanted to be. So I was shocked. I, I still, at where we are at this season, I think, I think it was a mistake not bringing him back, if I'm being just bluntly honest. 
Um, I know the team because of the flat cap, and this this is one aspect. This is one aspect of when the Blues won the championship, and then the unfortunate situation of COVID. Yep. Yeah. They ended up with they ended up with their main core of guys all the way through to this year of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev. They ended up with their main core of guys becoming unrestricted free agents in the flat cap era after COVID. So when you might see a raise of two to three to four million dollars in the cap, that allows you to maybe extend some of these unrestricted free agents comfortably. That didn't happen. So they had to make, and it's right, Doug Armstrong, very unemotional when it comes to this. They had to make a decision. They said, okay, if we've got $4 million to spend, do we spend it on Perron or do we spend it on Letty? And the, the belief was we need the defenseman. And so they went with that. And in doing so, uh, you know, that, that's just a hard call that they made. And now, in the end, when you look at the product on the ice, the defense hasn't been good this year, but that's been team defense. Uh, the loss of David Perron to play with Ryan O'Reilly, I think, had a major impact on Ryan O'Reilly. Cairo uh, and Thomas, first half of the season, showed that they just they weren't ready to manage and handle the minutes that O'Reilly and and Shen and and, and those other guys and you know have been have handled over the years. Yet they'll grow into that and be fine, but they haven't. You know, they're learning that curve now. You put all that together, and I think it. I think uh, I think that decision ends up being one of the reasons that I think this team kind of fell off the, the the table pretty quick here. You know, it, it's it's interesting to me in doing television and radio in the market for now twenty three years. Oftentimes, it's just the nature of things. This isn't unique to St. Louis, of course, but oftentimes something can be a focal point after the fact, as in, oh, I wish the Blues or the Blues should have done this, or I wish the Cardinals or the Cardinals should have done this. This is an this is an example, though, Curbs, of when the move was made, as in not re-signing David Perron and Perron going to the Red Wings, that fans immediately seized on it and thought this could be a real problem for the Blues. And as things played out, and here you are as the voice of the team, being real candid and honest in saying, yeah, this this wound up being a reason for uh, Ryan O'Reilly's uh, not as strong performance in 2022-2023 and the team's uh, struggles this year. That is something that, that a large portion of the fan base, I mean, I can recall it when it happened, were really concerned about, and it wound up playing out that way. And I think one of the reasons was because he's so beloved here and also he was vocal, right? Right on 101 ESPN of making it clear he wanted to be here. And if I'm not mistaken, he appeared on uh, Randy Carricker and at the time Michelle Smallman's show the day after or a couple days after signing with the Red Wings and, and conveying, I don't know if I'd call it his frustration, but certainly his disappointment that uh, he wasn't able to, to work something out with the Blues. Well, Tim, and and I, and I got to be—I want to be very open uh, about this as well. Now, the, the the team apparently offered David a contract a year earlier, but my understanding uh, was that it was it was a one-year deal. All right, it was a one-year extension. And right, that, right, right. They thought no, that 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 doesn't make sense. And I believe I believe David even said that maybe in that interview with Randy Carriger, if I'm not mistaken. But okay. My, my understanding is, too, is there were some other discussions, you know, and, and the team the team has said no an offer was made. Now, David says, 
No, it wasn't. And I don't know. I haven't been able to, to deduce. In, in, and now, now, how do you define an offer? Was it, hey, would he take something in this kind of range, or is it a formal offer? That kind of stuff. Did it go through an agent? Agent said, no, that doesn't make sense, and it never got back to David. However that goes, there seems to be a, a little discrepancy in, in the storyline along those lines. But it's kind of neither here nor there at this point, uh, just because of where we're at. But I, I do think... I think they missed his vocalness, you know, this year. I, I think, obviously, you missed him in the top six. They missed him on the power play. and it. it but but this is, ends up being part of the changing of the guard. And, and this is something when it comes to Doug Armstrong. I literally I just had a conversation with a guy about this, um, uh, you know, outside the house, actually, who was, who was outside working in the yard. And I said, and, and he was talking hockey with me, and I, and I said, look, here's the thing. If you look at what the Buffalo Sabres have done, okay, and they, they may miss the playoffs for the 12th straight year. Look at how long it's taken for Edmonton to rebuild four first overall picks. They luck into the Connor McDavid thing, and they still have only been to a conference final, right, yeah. since, since then. Okay? But look at how long this Detroit Red Wings rebuild has been, and they may miss the playoffs again. We'll see, we'll see them tonight. Okay? Look at, uh, uh, look at the Arizona Coyotes. Look at the Ottawa Senators. Okay? You're, Doug Armstrong's looking around the National Hockey League at these things and saying, "Okay, hang on a minute here. I've got, I've got this. I've got Thomas. I've got Cairo. I've got Shen. I've got Pareko. I've got Bennington. Okay, I've got a good core here. The cupboard's not empty. Not to mention there's the Falk and the Krugs and the Letties, the, the veterans that you still have under. Right? I've got Butch Navich. All right. Going into a cap year where, remember, at the trade deadline, the National Hockey League said." The cap's not going up more than the million bucks, right? So you're going to go, okay, I can't re-sign some of these guys. I personally believe that you can re-sign 29- and 30-year-old guys these days in the National Hockey League. You're seeing players like Bergeron and stuff be effective, right? So I do believe there's a way of doing it. But Doug Armstrong said, I have maybe the most marketable assets of any team in the league right now because of their age, term, whatever. I've got this. I can use this to get huge assets for the team that are important that we don't have, and I can make sure that this is not a huge lull of a turnaround like those other teams have had. And he made a strategic decision to follow it. And I'm actually, like, now a few weeks after the deadline and stuff is cleared, some of it is disappointing that, you know, the, some of that core didn't stay together. But I can see the path that they're going on with Snuggerud coming in. With the trade of Zach Dean, which I thought is a great way to do it rather than just grab an empty draft pick, you know, like there's a plan in place here. You saw Hofer, who's now going to stay up for a little while. I mean, it's it's a fascinating thing that could be a real quick turnaround, and unfortunately in doing so, some of those hard decisions of of key players are gone, and and David Perron happened to be one of them. I, I agree with you on this, though. I was fascinated with the fact, like, I think when they when the Blues let David Backus walk, I think there was just an understanding of where his game was going to be at the end of that contract. And yeah. it didn't seem to get the fans going that much. Yeah. When, when, Albert, when Albert Pujols left, this, this town was like, well, that's a bummer, but we got the 10 good years. Good luck with that contract, right? That's and, correct. Uh, yep. David Perron's vibe just had a different vibe to it, didn't it? Yep, and, yep. And I think that speaks volumes to the care and passion that David gave the city and this organization. Uh, so that leads me to what we will see tonight. I mean, David Perron is one of a number of former Blues who will be back 
at Enterprise Center this evening. Um, and I would imagine he will uh, receive quite an ovation. What are you expecting this evening? Well, yeah, there's a. Uh, well, how do we got? We got Huso, Fabry, Walman. Fabry's, Fabry's already kind of received the received the welcome. Walman and uh, and and David. The the ovation that David's going to get is going to be outstanding. Uh, I, I think it's going to be that. I think it's just going to be like you know. And while Tarasenko is going to receive one, obviously, when he comes in a couple weeks with the Rangers. Uh, but having said that. Huso and Wallman will get one as well. And I'm almost fascinated by this. I started asking players, how long does a player have to be with your station to get the official welcome home video? You know, because the Huso-Wallman one, I'm like, yeah, okay, it was just a year, year and a half, you know, two years. I don't know, the Peron one as much. And the response I've gotten from players on this is, is – their impact on the franchise. I'm like, okay, that's a great response, and it's really ambiguous, but I like it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so either either way, you know, because, look, we made a mistake when Brad Shaw, who had been here for 10 years, okay, and we didn't do a welcome back thank you video for Brad Shaw as an assistant coach here for 10 years. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Blues are making sure they're not making that mistake again. So I – I like these things. I think it ties it in. I think it's a great way for the fans when they don't have a chance to say goodbye to a guy or thank you. Um, but I, I'm going to love what we're going to see tonight for David Perron. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. This should be something else because this is a guy who has made it crystal clear that he absolutely loved playing in St. Louis. And even though he's a Red Wing now, he will always be considered a St. Louis Blue. Chris Kerber with us here. Let me, show, let me give you one uh, let me give you one real quick story here. Yeah, please. I enjoy a good uh, anecdote. Every so uh, May twenty eighth. That's my birthday. It's also David Perron's birthday. It's also it's also Jacob Briggs' birthday, right? Bart, uh, uh, Bobby Plager's grandson. Okay, that, that that fans have gotten to know a little bit. Well, Bobby, Bobby would always go out and play golf on his birthday. They take Jacob out of school and then they and they go play a round of golf at Forest Park. Right. Well, after Bobby passed, May 28th comes around. Obviously, Bobby's not there. So David takes Jacob out. And I, I went to David. I said, hey, listen, I said, uh, you know, Jacob's birthday. Bobby takes him out. And David goes, let's go find him on the course. So we left the rink here. And uh, actually, we met up. We met up that day. Might have been a, the team. The team was done playing. We go out there. We jumped in a car. We drove out. We texted Dave. Where are you? They were playing the nine-hole course over there at Forest Park. We we jumped in the car. We found them. We brought them some donuts from Krispy Kreme because he loved them. And we met. And David, we we literally just walked out onto the course. David hung, you know, for, for that time wanted to go see Jacob, you know, since since Bobby had passed. And then David grabs a club to play this par five. So he goes straight from the car. We park near the science center, those ball fields. We walk out to the tee box. He grabs one of Dave's clubs plays this par five with Jacob and birdied the damn thing. How about that? How about that? But, but it tells you the care that he had. He said, yeah, let's go this morning and go find Jacob on the golf course because it was his birthday. That's, that's an awesome story, man. David. That's yeah. an awesome story. What a great story. That's a just completely selfless gesture and appreciation. 
for not just uh, Jacob, but also, of course, the legend that is and the legacy that is Bobby Plager. Curbs, great story. Thank you so much for the time this morning. We wound up having a different conversation I was planning on having, but I love the conversation. Good stuff as always. Thank you so much, brother. All right, Tim. Have a great time down there. Use the sunscreen. Thank you so much. 30 block always. There he is, Chris Kerber with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Yeah, once we got into that, I'm like, well, I'm not going to no pivot off of this. We'll just go deep diving onto the detail on it. it was, it's one of the things, I'm trying to think of others. Maybe this would uh, open it up to uh, people. And I'm talking about things that fans didn't like before it wound up having a negative impact. In other words, we're not going... Yeah, the Dexter Fowler signing sucked because I can tell you as somebody who was on the air the morning after that deal was signed with Dexter Fowler, it had about a 90% approval rating. And then, of course, the deal winds up looking terrible and then everybody's, oh, that deal was terrible. 90% of the people were on board at the time. I'm talking about something that the majority of the fan base did not like and then it wound up having a negative impact. So I'm trying to think of things and I'm sure anything stand out to you, Jackson, right off the, uh, the top of your head. You would have Bar- the Perron one uh, certainly was one. I mean, you and I were getting texts about Perron yeah, for sure all the time. Right. When that happened, were people excited when they extended Matt Carpenter? Cause I don't know if they- that's a nice example. That was, that was, I'm telling you d- dead serious. And maybe somebody can point something else out. But I got to, I mean, got back home, didn't get to St. Louis, got back home in March of 2000. And I don't recall whatever year it was. I guess it was 2018, 2019, whatever, when they, when they, that extension. And it was sent out that there was going to be a press conference. And then a little bit later, we found out it was a press conference to announce the extension for Matt Carpenter. And I'm dead serious when I said no move in St. Louis sports, for real, no move in St. Louis sports has confused me more than the Cardinals giving him an extension when they didn't need to. Not and, the, and this is this is not after the fact and how he wound up struggling once he got the extension. I'm talking about in the mo- literally that day. I go, what in the world are they doing? Why are they? Why are they? But but it wasn't just me. A bunch of people felt that way. Same thing with Perron. Uh, and I would actually tell you, I, and I guess maybe it's because I I have both the TMA audience and the 101 ESPN audience to see it. But the Perron one might have actually had more in the moment yeah. before uh, people really, really confused and, and disappointed uh, by that. Uh, let's see. Neil Allen, Keith Hernandez. I was too young for it, but I do remember it. And uh, that one certainly was brutal. Some extenuating circumstances played a role in that trade. But, man, that one stands out. Uh, A bunch of them are coming in. We will carry it over uh, to the next segment. In addition to some significant news in the world of sports and also in the world of legislation, the two coming together, we'll have that for you as well. The second half of Balloon Party coming your way here on 101 ESPN.